Good morning and welcome to our Tuesday morning chapel. Thank you for spending a portion of your advising day with us. Please join me in the versicles and Gloria Patri that you'll find printed for you on the bulletin for today. You'll also find the hymn for today printed on the back side. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, I have sinned against you through my own fault in thought, word, and deed, for the sake of the suffering, death, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy upon me, forgive me all my sin, and bring me to everlasting life. Amen. May be seated for our reading. The reading for our meditation today is taken from the book of St. John, the sixth chapter, and we hear verses 25 through 29. Uh, this reading follows right on the heels of the great uh, miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And uh, soon after that, uh, Jesus had gone away um, to uh, away from the crowd, and we pick up with verse 26, beginning with verse 25. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, 
but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. And they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. When I was in college, a friend of mine uh, in the summer took a job working here in Mankato uh, with the city street department. And he said the first day of work, when he got to the job site, the first thing that his foreman did was to show him the seven different ways that you can stand on your shovel and lean on it in different poses in different ways. He said the foreman also taught him uh, how you can look busy without really working very much. And in case um, other supervisors were to drive by and see what they were doing. And he thought that was an interesting way to be introduced to a new job. There's a tendency inside of us to not want to work. There's a tendency inside of us to try to find the easy way out, the fastest way to get something done, the, the, the path of least resistance, you might say, for ourselves. We even, we even do it with our computers. If you can find something that'll get you down from three clicks to one, boy, that's, a, that, that's saving a lot. And uh, so there's something in us that gravitates toward uh, the least amount of work that it's going to take to do something. And we can easily identify with this group of people that follows Jesus after the great miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 and hunts him down because in their minds they're thinking, if we could get this guy to be our leader, just think of all the work it could save us in life and how much easier our lives would be. And think of all the material things that we could get just by having him miraculously provide them. So think of this, they, they actually as a group try to go find where Jesus went, probably a couple miles away from where he had been speaking. And now they, they track him down, they chase him down and come up to him. And Jesus clearly sees through their motives and he sees into their hearts what it is that they're really looking for. And he uses this opportunity with this smaller audience now to, to redirect their thoughts and to really establish what his purpose was for coming into the world. And he goes back to the very miracle that he just performed and uses the imagery from that when he says this to them, do not labor for the food which perishes. In other words, you're coming to me for the wrong reason. You're coming to me looking for an easy way out to get more things in this life. That's not what I'm really here for. Don't labor for food that perishes. <clears throat> now, it's true for myself, I know, uh, for you too probably, that we are tempted by the things of this world to make that the stuff that we labor for, to make those things that we can get in this life the stuff that really can draw our hearts and our minds and our focus and our attention so easily, even for those who are Christians. But everything in this world, Jesus is pointing out to us, everything in this world has an expiration date. Everything in this world will finally come to an end or end up in a junk heap somewhere. As the famous theologian Jerry Seinfeld once said, all things on earth are simply in different stages of becoming garbage. 
and that is so true. If you're ever up at the Mall of America, there's a place on the floor where you can find home plate from the original Metropolitan Stadium that, that covered that land. And you can still see where home plate used to be. And every time I walk by that, I think about my childhood memories of watching my Minnesota Twins playing in that stadium. In my lifetime, and I don't feel that old, but in my lifetime, the Minnesota Twins have already had three different stadiums. It's amazing how quickly things in this life get torn down and replaced. And you'd think something like a baseball stadium, uh, building something that, that you'd think was going to last and things. But even that can fade away so quickly. Everything about our lives, even the things that we would maybe assume could be the most permanent, can be so passing. Your new car has a final mile on it that the odometer will register at some point. Even our bodies have an expiration date. We don't know when it is, but they have an expiration date. The clothing that we wear, likewise, at some point, is going to wear out. The good looks that you may have, the health that you may have, all of those things can change and go away and fade so quickly. And, and yet, even though we know this about all the stuff in this life and in this world, our minds and hearts keep having a problem getting attached to other stuff and being draw, drawn back to it. Like, this is where we're going to find life. This is where we're going to find real satisfaction and real, uh, real sense of purpose in our lives. Martin Luther used to say this about, about how even Christians can get drawn to the things of the world, this world. He said, we are excited to take a handful of corn and let the gospel pass by. Our Lord reminds us of the final outcome of everything you can get in this world, and that is that it perishes. In some way, shape, or form, it finally perishes. And it's all just like a piece of bread sitting on the counter that gets dried up and finally molds, and the bugs come to eat it. And he doesn't want, he doesn't want that to be the thing that finally happens to all the dreams and the hopes and the plans that we have for our lives, so that our hearts and souls get so attached to this stuff in this world that ultimately we're left with moldy bread. You know, if you were to look at the readings that were selected for the ancient Christians way back when they laid out the historic lectionary of the, the certain calendar of readings they were supposed to read, and just go through there with a the thought in mind about materialism, things about, you know, getting sucked into the things of this world, it's amazing how frequently they put those in. They knew that this is a constant problem, even for the strongest Christians, even for Christians who have dedicated their lives to preaching the gospel and things. There's such a lure and a power, a magnetism to come back to the stuff in this world that's ultimately going to end up in a garbage heap. And so our Lord is trying to redirect their hearts and through God's word here, our hearts as well, away from this. One of the, one of the healthy signs when you have come through a surgery or maybe a bad illness is to regain your appetite. And when we regain our appetite for the things of God's kingdom, even, even when it's just realizing our sins that we have, maybe even our materialism in our hearts, and realizing that and asking God to forgive us, when we regain our appetite for the things of God's kingdom and for Christ and for what he's done for us, for his precious mercy and forgiveness that's forgiven us all our sins, 
when we start to again think about and treasure wanting to get to heaven and making that the most important thing in our lives, that's a healthy sign when that appetite comes back. Jesus says about his believers in this world, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So your Lord Jesus redirects your thinking back to the real spiritual food that that we should be craving in our souls, and that is himself and what he's done for you and all the great eternal benefits that he's come to win for you. Look at what he says to this group of people that asked him about this. This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. And so it's that wonderful grace we find in Christ and the hope of everlasting life that we find in him. This is, and, and, and wanting to finally someday sit at the feast of God's table in salvation and be served by his servants, his angels, and to drink from his golden cup at that table in heaven. This is where Christ would redirect our thinking and make this spiritual food the most important thing in our lives. As Jesus once said, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Amen. Please rise for our prayers. And please join me in the collect and canticle as printed there. O Lord Jesus Christ, bright sun of the world, shine upon my spirit and drive away the night of sin that I may walk in your holy light all my life and even forevermore. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful people and kindle in them the fire of your love. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful people and kindle in them the fire of your love. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord Almighty, order this day and all our doings in his peace. Amen.